Dude, you look great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I yes. gotta say, it's gonna, I'm gonna start off rude. If I had to guess how Josh Edelman was taken during the pandemic, I would guess that it would be like binge eating and your room's way more organized than I thought it would be. This oh, is, thank you. This really, is not you the Aldo like Bell a... friend that I had you pegged as. Oh, no. You know, well, you know, sometimes... I, I consider it an educational experience uh, <laughs> being around Al so much. I mean, it's funny. It's it, it's just funny. Just right off the bat, I always said it's like, uh, I mean, to people who don't know who Alu Bell is, he's a comedian that I made a documentary about. Um, but but that- yeah, Al- I will just throw in, just to give him a good compliment on the top, uh, not that he, I even think he listens to these, is that I think he's one of the best joke writers ever. He's this like oh. undervalued, gold mine i mean he's 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 my favorite comedian hence why i made the movie about him but yeah, uh sure. but that i look at him and he's all my greatest hopes and biggest fears in one person <laughs> of course he is that's like you're not alone in that every comedian looks at him in that light where you're just like oh wow everything i want as a comedian he has everything i want to make sure i don't become as a comedian he as is a, as, as well. a person as a, everything i don't want to be yeah. as a person I mean, well, no, Al's, the funny thing is Al's- oh, I don't know him as a person, so you're a, right. I'm only looking at him from a comic. He's a great, he's a great person. Like, I, I love him as a human being. There's like nobody- oh, yeah, but he tortures on. himself. But he tortures himself. It's just the most yeah. self-destructive, one of the most self-destructive people I've ever met. Although I do feel over the course of making the documentary and since the documentary that there ha- that I've at least seen some growth in him as far as like, as far as his self-destructive tendencies. For sure. Uh, I mean, not that I've seen anything from him since the pandemic, but he came out on the other side, like yeah, yeah, perfectly yeah. chiseled abs and like oh, everything oh. put together he's and very, he's real organized. He's, he's very uh, thin right now. But Is like, he? Yeah, I mean, m- he, he does like intermittent fasting. I don't know. Part of me feels he's gotten too thin. <laughs> okay. I, I look mean, at him and I'm like, you're that's too That's the thin. Jewish mother in you. You're too thin, Al. Um, <laughs> But uh, let me postmates you anything. Just tell me what you want. <laughs> no, but I mean, enough about him. Like, how about how about you? You're like, yes, you are more well put together in this picture than I assumed. Thank you. Well, you know, I uh, I told I told myself something at the beginning of the pandemic that mm-hmm. like basically I chose to make my philosophy in getting through this, which is I said to myself, Josh, how many times in your life have you said to yourself? If you only had a year with no one bothering you and nothing to do, what mm-hmm. could you get done? And I was like, well, God answered my weird prayer. Like I used to think like if I could just go to prison and not have to worry about rape, like how, what great shape I could be in, how many books I could read, how much I could mm-hmm. write. And, uh, and I just said like, all right, well, you know what? You've gotten the thing you pretended to want all these years, it's like now put up or shut up. So, you know, I work out every morning, I read every day, I write every day. And uh, I've, I've gotten into just a routine that like keeps me happy and keeps me sane. So you did the disgusting thing we all wanted to do, except you actually followed through with it. I just, um, I just told my, I, you know, there were, there were definitely, especially at the beginning, there was dark periods of like getting used to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I very much felt at the beginning of the pandemic, like my entire world was turned upside down. I mean, everyone's world was turned upside down. Yeah. But just like a number of things happened. Like, I mean, just I, 
I was doing three mics a day on average. Uh, I had started in a, a business that was, you know, I, I had to, I had a photo booth company. I did two events mm -hmm. a month. My, my bills were paid. Um, and it's like, I was dating somebody and, uh, just, just, uh, I just like, it just felt like I had everything all worked out and I was happy. Yeah, you had and, a life. And then in like that, all of it turned upside down. You know, mm -hmm. I like my event-based business obviously collapsed. Um, <laughs> For sure. Relationship ended, uh, stand-up is done. You know, it's like, I had to like, I had to go through like a sort of, um, I had to go, you know, I had to like pull myself, I felt like I had to pull myself up out of like a sort of darker place that like I entered briefly at the beginning. And it started with uh, reading uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Have you ever read that by Victor Frankl? No, highly I have no idea. Highly, highly by Bethany Frankl? Uh, it's by Victor Frankl. And okay. it's, um, the book is basically, Victor Frankl's a Holocaust survivor who's a psychologist. And the first half of the book's him talking about surviving the Holocaust, which I know sounds really dark, but it's like in a hope, done in a hopeful way. And the second half's like the psychology, the psychological um, practice he built from like the lessons he learned surviving that. And it's basically about like taking whatever situation you're in and finding its purpose and its meaning for your life so that you can yeah. come out on top of it. Um, and it's funny. What's the name of that one more time so I can write that down? Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning. A bunch of people gave me books over the past couple of years. So I had like a stack of books that people had given me that I hadn't mm -hmm. gotten to reading. And I was like, you know what? Let me go through all these books that people had given to me and like see what value they have. And that one was great. And it's funny because that book's like a little over a hundred pages and it took me like two weeks to read. But I've gotten to a point like like from that, it's like I've relearned how to read. And now I'm like churning through like a book in like three days. That's great. That's fantastic. On the other side of this, do you think you're going to go back to owning your own business or do you think you're going to become an employee of somebody? Well, we'll see what I, I mean. Again, so like another thing, people are always talking about like, I love, I love hearing people say like, when things go back to normal. And I'm like, that yes. misunderstands what normal means. Because yes. this is normal now. It's been a year. This yeah. is normal. So when things change again is what you mean. When things You're completely correct. No, absolutely. Things, because, because I realize I have like a realization. I, I also started seeing a shrink during uh, the pandemic, like, like many people. It's my, uh, just, just a little side note on my seeing a shrink, like, I called my insurance because every shrink I called was like, we're not taking new patients. I'm like, you yeah. need to send me shrinks who are available. And they sent me a 70 year old Jewish woman and a guy who was wearing a cowboy hat and allowing customers to patients to come into his <laughs> office. I'm like, I'm going to go with the Jew. I'm going to go with the, <laughs> yeah. she's great. She's great. But, um, but I was saying to her, it's like, I've already realized, I already understand the PTSD I'm going to have from this because like my parents, both got vaccinated. They both got their second shot of the vaccine. And I'm like, so happy about that. Cause that was probably uh, yeah. the stress was worrying about them. But I was like, you guys are still going to like, you know, wear masks, never leave the house and never talk to anyone again. Right. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, like, no, we're swingers now. We realized I'm, that life, we weren't taking enough chances. Well, and... I just realized that that's what's happening to me. Like I'm going to have to overcome this new agoraphobia that I have.
Um, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the amount of people that are going to have it. I think it's currently have it. Uh, well, she said an interesting thing. And, and it's also not going to be like a grand opening. It's not going to be like one day on TV. They're like, guess yeah. what? Normal starts again tomorrow. No, no, yeah, exa- it's just, exactly. It slowly unravels. She said something interesting to me. She said it's like, we don't even realize what we're going to go through because we're still in it. And the adrenaline mm-hmm. is still pumping, getting us through this. It's when the yeah. adrenaline leaves our body that suddenly the trauma sets in. So Wait, you guys have adrenaline? I don't, I don't think I have any left from this. No, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it just the continued pump. But it's yeah. like, it's interesting. You know, I do, feel, I do feel more generally hopeful these days. Although someone did say to me the other day, they think the pandemic's never going to end and it's going to kill us all. And I was like, I don't think there's a 0% chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also don't want to bank on it. I would no, no, rather- I, I got to hope that. I got to hope it's going to end. But when they said that, I was like, you're not definitely wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But I also would rather die being active in the middle of something mm-hmm. than lay down to die and then don't die for another 20 years. Well, it's I've funny. just been I laying just, down waiting for it. I just want to know. It's like I used to have a bit about like how... Um, how we all like, used to have a bit. We I all remember used having to have bits. But uh, about how like how like I was watching this documentary about the singularity and how like they believe that we might be the generation of people that can live forever. And then I read an article in the New York Times about how global warming is going to get so bad that the world's going to end in 20 years. And Mm -hmm. I was like, which one is it? I don't care, but I'm living two different lives depending on which one. Like, am I trying to make it to the singularity or is it Coke and blow for 20 years? (laughs) Coke and hookers. Yeah. I mean. Would you want to live forever? Um, well, I mean, that's another part of the bit, but <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But, but like, I, I wouldn't. I think. Want I to. think. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. When asked the question, "Do I want to live forever?" Everyone yeah. goes, "No," but every, but deep deep down, everyone really goes, "Yes." <laughs> no, no, no. I no. Nobody wants to live forever, but nobody wants to die. Nobody that's wants to live the forever. Problem. Nope. Nobody wants to live forever. Nobody wants to die. I just think. I just think nobody wants to admit to themselves that they want to live forever. But everyone, but like, but like, the, the proof getting that wanna, old looks I too think, painful. I think the proof I'm as old that, as I want to get. Yeah, yeah, but I say the proof in wanting to live forever is all the old fuck billionaires and Congress people who are doing like crazy fucked up shit to their own bed. It's like you're gonna die in two years and you're ruining the world. It's like you think you're gonna live forever. It's the only reason to do what you're doing. It's the only oh, reason. Uh, yeah, you have a point on that. And I do wonder that a lot when I watch these Congress people that are like 80 years old. And you're like, how are we letting somebody who's going to die in two years? They're not even going to see Diane the end of TV Feinstein. shows start Diane, now. Diane Feinstein filed paperwork to run again when she's in her 90s. <laughs> uh, it's just like, it's the funny thing is, it's not whether or not people, whether or not everyone wants to live forever. It's actually that everyone despite a hundred percent of people throughout history dying everyone still thinks they're gonna live forever <laughs> that's oh not me i'm afraid i'm gonna die all the time I, i'm i think everything's gonna kill me anything i hear happens to anyone i think it's gonna happen i, I tell people i'm like don't tell me anything bad that's happened to anyone because then i think i have it oh um, for sure so I have, like i remember like a friend told me he's like hey if you if you pluck out your own nose hair, that can get infected and it can kill you. I love plucking my nose hair too. 
Uh, yeah, well, watch out. It's going to infect you and kill you now. I and so, that. like, <laughs> in your head. And then all of a sudden, you know, you do a scratch and an itch and you pull it. And then you're like, oh, no, is this it? Is this the moment I can trace back to in three weeks when I'm in the hospital bed? And they're like, why? You're like, there was a moment alone. And so I went on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have this. I mean, that's crazy. That means that someone plucking their nose hairs died from it. That's what they say. But also, I don't necessarily know if that's what that means. I used to be a 911 dispatcher. And really? People, okay, so no, wonder, yeah. no wonder you think you're going to die. You've, you've confronted death on a regular basis. Every <laughs> yeah, day. Exactly. Every I've been on the phone life. with people as they slip away. For sure. Every day. Every, yeah, that's okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who hasn't done that, like, I've... I might have seen somebody die today, but other than that, I haven't seen anyone die. Okay, I, I was, well, I was walking, you can't go I, past I, that. I, I live in Hollywood Boulevard. I was walking home. I saw a bunch of paramedics around a homeless man lying on the floor who may or may not have been dead. Um, I'll tell you, they bounce back. They bounce, well, the, <laughs> the amount of homeless people I've seen, I'm like, that person's dead. And then you see them walk past you a week later is <laughs> outstanding. You're just like, wait, what? Two, 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 si- two sides on that. When I went to uh, Spain and I visited the Sagrada Familia, you know, the, the big um, church yeah. in Spain uh, that Gaudi designed, I found out that Gaudi died because- Yeah, before it was done. What? He, well, he, oh, I mean, it was, he was going to die before it was done no matter what. Yeah. But um, the church had stopped financing it. So he was out on the streets asking for money, like the most famous artist in all of Spain, but like just getting dirtier and dirtier, kind of like Al, just out on the streets asking for money to finish the Sagrada Familia, gets hit by a car, doesn't die, but is dying. And everyone who passes him by just thinks he's a homeless person lying on the street, doesn't help him and he ends up dying. So I carry that with me when I walk and I walk, I like, I have the New Yorker crazy thing in me where I walk, I walk four miles to a place rather than drive. I hate being in cars. Um, I also hate being in cars. By the way, that sounds a lot like Jocko Pistorius. If you know who that is. Well, Jocko got beaten to death. Yeah. Outside of a tribute to himself by the bouncer, because he was trying to get in to be like, no, they're playing my music. They're trying to do a tribute to me. I like to show up and surprise everybody. And he was like, no, you look homeless. Uh, poor Jocko. Um, I love Weather Report. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, but I think that I see. So I've, I've stopped and called 911 for I've, over 10 times to like try. That's too many. I, it's, so, it's, it's so beyond too many. And, and I realized During how- During training, this, we were told that the average person calls 911 three times in their life. I- well, I just walk around Los Angeles. There's constantly reasons to call a paramedic if you walk around Los Angeles. And I've become the so- person who lives in Los Angeles. I'm going to also verify that. You're right. There's about 20 I, times I should have called and just went, oh, hope they get I, help and just keep I'm going. I'm constantly, well, but I realized I had this one moment where I realized how desensitized I've become because, like, part of what I would do is I'd be walking from open mic to open mic and I'd be working on my material in my head like as I would be walking. And like, there's this one day I'm walking to Burt's and I turn on, uh, I turn from sunset onto La Brea and there's like mm-hmm. always that little strip right there of tents. And this homeless woman is ODing on the ground, foam coming out of her mouth, 
tits hanging out. Another guy's like, call, call 911, call 911. I call 911. I'm put mm-hmm. on hold. I'm put on hold yeah. for like a long, I'm put on hold for so long that police officers show up before I even get anyone on the phone. And I was just like, okay, good. The cops are here. They're going to like save them or kill them or do whatever cops do. Went on my way. Uh, and then immediately, immediately after seeing what would have been like a life-changing, traumatizing experience if I had been a kid, was just like, all right, so like dating is hard. You know, like how do I, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. do I turn that into <laughs> something? That's the desensitized world we live in. But, I just um, like, I, was like, I, I just watched some- the 911 dispatchers, if the police arrived, that means someone else also called, probably just passing by. And they could see there's a board. We have an active screen that lets us know of all the active calls that are happening. And so when something does happen publicly, you'll get five, six, eight calls for it. But we'll just have one file for it. So it only takes one space. So we only issue one person to go on scene. That's good. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. the cops, So the you cops were probably put on hold because they saw the address and they're like, okay, we'll come back to them if there's any new information, but there is somebody on the way. Great. <laughs> I mean, people did show up. So Yeah, no, people did show up. I, d- I don't know why I feel the need to defend 911 operators so much because everyone's got <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the 911 operators. I'm just like, un- like, I was just like, of course, of course. I was just like, of course. <laughs> there's... Yeah. So many reasons for so many people to be calling 911 at all. Times. There are. I also want to think that dating's hard because this person that you're going to be dating is like, yeah, I saw Josh leave a dying lady's side. I'm not <laughs> going to date him. You know what? Let's make dating hard for Josh. See, I think I think I really come out just the more compassionate person that's uh, that's calling. exactly. Well, they don't know that you called. They just know you walked away. That's constantly people only calling. see the amount of seconds they need to. I so I don't want to. I think the the worst the worst experience ever was my friend and I took giant bong rips to go get pizza, and as mm-hmm. I'm we just like I am just so high, so high, and uh, I'm standing at the corner, and this woman just slips, hits her head on the curb, starts bleeding out of her skull. I I call nine one one. I'm like I'm I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Yeah. I call 911. They're like, you need to pressurize the wound. Do you have something to pressurize the wound with? And I'm like, I guess I have. My- I was wearing my favorite shirt. And I'm like, I guess I have my shirt. I take off my shirt. To- what band was on it? And I was very uh, Chewbacca. Uh, I was okay. very, I was very afraid of touching this person's blood. But mm-hmm. also I didn't want them to die when I could have saved them. Like, like a fucking godsend. Some guy just runs out of their building with like paramedic stuff. And starts like taking care of her, and I was like, "Thank fucking god!" Um, and I, I was like, "I was ready to sacrifice the shirt, though." I mad. mean, that's what Chewbacca would have done if we really want to get full Chewbacca on it. Terrified, terrified, but also, you know, I have like a because I walk around so much. Oh, so 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 I have very rational fears, like like you know that person who poured the bucket full of steaming shit. On the person in Hollywood Boulevard, do you remember I that do story? Not okay. okay so, a did person... you tell me about this at one time and I forgot it? Because that's no, no, this is this is like a famous news story that happened in Los Angeles on Hollywood okay. Boulevard. I don't right. know if it was a tourist or something, but a homeless person had a bucket filled with steaming hot sh- like diarrhea, poured yeah, it onto the person. This person mm-hmm. now has to go to the doctor regularly to get tests. 
for all the possible diseases that they could have, which could crop up at any moment because of it. Just the worst nightmare in the world. <laughs> so, me walking- Which, by the way, is a more accurate visit to Hollywood than what people think they're going to do when they get- I've always said, I've always said, houses. of everyone I see on Hollywood Boulevard, from the bums to the crackheads, to the panhandlers, to like the cosplayers, the people I feel the worst for are the people who went there on vacation. It's like, yeah. you got- <laughs> It's like, it's like, because by contrast, your life was better before you came here on vacation. Oh, for sure. I need to go to wherever they live this, to wind this. down because I live in Hollywood. It's like, I've, I always wonder like what the, um, what the picture slideshow is when you get back from your vacation. From uh, Here's some pictures of the floor. Here's a guy who kind of looks like Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. Here's yeah, exactly. a bunch, a bunch of tents. Here's a person covered in steaming hot feces. Here's a star that says Bobby Darren. Remember Bobby Darren? And they're like, well, no. Well, it was the cleanest one. It still looks sticky. They're all sticky. So, so my fault, walking mm-hmm. in the same area where the steaming hot pile of shit thing happened during the pandemic after I went on a hike in Runyon Canyon, I was texting someone like on an online dating app on my phone. A homeless person punches me in the face. Um, oh, cool. Just like, I like, do not see it coming at all. Do not know what's happening until the fist hits me in the head. Uh, my reaction, <laughs> my impulsive reaction was I screamed, hey, six feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is during pandemic. During the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I was walking back from Runyon Canyon, went on a hike. Someone punched me in the head. I think. They, my, my impression of what their thinking was, was that they were going to knock me unconscious and steal my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, it bare, I, I don't know. I, maybe it was the working out. Maybe it was the shock of it. It didn't really hurt. It just shocked me. It didn't knock me down. Um, I was, I was so, un- I mean, I had no idea it was coming. You were by no, yourself? I was by myself. The person ran away right after they did it. Okay. Well, Setting that sounds back. just like they're full of crazy pants and then the panic pants set in as soon as they were like ah shit i did crazy but they had this look of like they there was this look of like i was trying to get something from you Mm -hmm. Um, could have been the phone and then they're like you didn't drop it and they're like i "I better leave now they better get out now and i one of the things i'd been doing to get in shape was uh, is a boxing uh program so I, I was almost like disappointed I didn't get to like put any of it into action. <laughs> You're like, this is what I've been training for for a I've year. Watching, I've been doing the boxing and watching Cobra Kai. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say something about all the. Miyagi I'm changing my theory. This person works for that boxing gym, and they're like, "Hey, Josh has been working hard. Let's give him <laughs> no, a little it's just a one boxing, too." Boxing video program, but uh, but Cobra Kai. It's so funny because the Miyagi does like uh, you watch Cobra Kai. Are you? Like, yeah, I saw uh, all of it. Yeah. Are yeah. you a warm-blooded human being? Um, yeah. Uh, I got a Daniel Miyagi- Larusso action figure. Are you kidding me? Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Um, oh, love it. Love it. I love it. Oh, there um, it is. And it even has his wig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it even has uh, um, the plugs. Uh, uh, Ralph Macchio's wig. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's the worst wig I've ever seen in my life. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah, I he love, looks both great and awful at the same it's time. It's just like and his I kind hair. Of enjoy it. I, I I I love it, but it's like his hair is constantly moving where it is on his head. Like sometimes, <laughs> like partially turned, like he's wearing his hair sideways, like a sideways hat. But it also uh, is like perfect to describe like when you run into a weird celebrity, like I shouldn't say weird, but just like somebody you haven't seen in the limelight for like thirty years, and you're like, is that him? I don't mm. know if it's him. Like that's. That's what it still feels like, even though like we have the credit. I'm like, no, we really got Daniel LaRusso. If Cobra Kai, if it was three years ago, so before I watched any Cobra Kai and who's behind me in line at Starbucks, he'd be like, that guy looks like Karate Kid. And I would think nothing more or less and just focus on what I'm trying to get at Starbucks and leave. If that guy had hair, he'd be Ralph Macchio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh but but the whole thing is the Miyagi Do. It's like it's like only fighting's only for self defense. But I've never seen a group of people that want to use their self defense more than the people in like in in, in Miyagi Do. Well, that's also why trying to get into self defense situations. Well, that's because they're in high school. Yeah, yeah. If this was all like people in their 30s and they're going to work and fighting their other office workers it'd be a totally different series but it's, i just learned because like i'm doing the boxing program and i'm only doing the boxing program to get in shape but i'm constantly now like i really am looking forward to self-defending myself with this boxing <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it's like you have it you want to i could never have a gun because i just be like can't wait everyone with the guns definitely like can't wait to use this fucking gun they're just exactly. fantasizing they're and now fantasizing you got these guns and you're like about- i can't wait fantasizing about the hero moment with their gun <laughs> yeah and you got you had your chance you I could have won to the homeless guy if i was if i was more on my feet if i was on my toes if i if i had seen the punch coming i would have done a <laughs> swing <Yeah>. under <laughs> the good news is is you still live in los angeles so in the next year or two you should have a couple more opportunities to use this I, it is los angeles is turned into chaos and the homeless people here they like i never feel more republican than when i'm walking on the streets of los angeles i'm as liberal as they come but when i walk on the streets of los angeles i turn into ronald reagan i just <laughs> i i i suddenly rush them but you know what it's funny because i lived in new york for a long time and i didn't mind the homeless people in new york because i think in general it's like it's like they're happy to get the money from you, but they're staying out of your way. I feel like the homeless people in LA came to be discovered. It's like they yes. came here to be. <laughs> they also did, for sure. I've just never seen human beings take up more of the sidewalk. Just like the widest sidewalk I've ever seen. And somehow they have all of it. <laughs> and the weirdest thing to me about it is like, are they here because they think it's like, no, no, just one more week of this. And then someone discovers my album and then I, I'm out of here. I don't, I, I don't know, but, it, but they make me, they make me, not. and I'm saying, it's like, it's like, it's like, I say I'm more Republican, but here I am calling an ambulance to save every one of them. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, as you should, you're still a compassionate human being. I, I mean, let it be known if you're in the open mic and you're about to OD, sit next to Josh. When you start to foam, you'll be taken care of. I, I will save you. <laughs> yeah, because I'll say most of those people don't look like they'll call 911. At the open mics? Yeah. Most of them don't look like they'd call 911 for themselves. <laughs> yeah, most of them should have called 911 for themselves before they, instead of coming. Mm-hmm. They should have just gone. Is there an open mic set 
of course, I'm not trying to get you to name any names that stands out to you as like, oh, this is possibly the worst. Where it's like, hopefully uh, somebody you only saw once. I'm not trying to make you, be, you know, like, oh, this guy for years. No, no, it's funny. The one, the one that that there's two, there's two that jump to mind. There's two mm-hmm. that jump to mind. One is this. It, it, the funny thing about the one is like it was at Sycamore Tavern. Okay, yeah, and um, and the person was just saying the most insanely offensive stuff I've ever heard. Seemed like he had never done stand up before in his life. Was actively harassing the like three people that were just in there to randomly watch the open mic, and the people that he was harassing were just responding in kind. And then mm-hmm. the host went up and yelled at the people watching for, <laughs> for echoing the comedian who was the first person who initiated with them to begin with. And I was like, I was like, so act. So ultimately, I think the worst was the host that chastised the audience members beyond because he came. I was totally sure he was going to go up there and just make fun of the person. Instead, yeah. he validated him. So he's the worst. That's the worst I've ever seen. That is. No, that and is also, horrible. And that I've seen a lot of people do that where they're like, that person was heckling. You're like, you asked them a question. They're being human. And I like and I like the host. I like the host as a person, uh, <laughs> uh, but I won't name names. Um, <laughs> that that one, and then the other one I won't name names. This one, it's not that he has the worst set; it's that he's been doing it for so many years, and he does the same five minutes every time, and I just feel like it's never gotten a laugh, and it's not deterred them, and it just. It, it just, every time they perform, it just makes my heart break. <laughs> I understand that. And I feel uh, like some people have like that thing where they're like, no, but after my 10,000 hours, it will suddenly get good. You're like, no, no, no. What you've mastered is how to bomb miserably. Oh, and then, and then also, and I won't name names, and I, I almost shy away from giving too many descriptors because uh, this one woman just goes up on stage, just spews her trauma, drop the N-word on stage once at Burt's back room. <laughs> uh, not not, not uh, someone who's allowed to drop the N-word. Uh, I assumed. We don't uh, use that when it's something that seems like, oh, they're just expressing themselves in a regular way. It's usually uh, really go. And then they said the, you know, like when they're, they really clearly are spewing hate. Those are, those are my, those are my go-to worst open mic sets that jump to mind immediately how about how about you i mean as a guy who used to host an open mic at flappers for a couple years um i've seen the ones where you're just like flappers is already it's going to shoot us well yeah i mean i like like i'm i'm honestly impressed i'm honestly amazed there hasn't been a well-known shooting at an open mic yet it, it honestly blows my mind and somebody I, in I, seattle was assaulted with a baseball bat at an open mic once by another person but no shooting no shooting yet and no I, shooting yet but I'm, i i thought the same thing because we used to all i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name names this guy has passed away so we're safe is uh we used to all be like this one guy's gonna shoot all of us and we like you're like hey guys we better put him up before he shoots us all we used to make jokes about him shooting all of us all the time 
And then, like, he passed away, and it was almost like a, oh, but that never happened. It almost felt like, like when Steve Nash retired and didn't have a championship, and you're like, oh, but it was supposed to happen for Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it felt like that way when, like, this guy died. We're like, oh, but he forgot to shoot us all on the way out. He I just happened just to like, pass away first. Um, I was just but, like, the amount right. of open mics I'm doing is putting me at high risk to die of gun violence. Was just a, It was a genuine thought I had. And I was like, and a lot of the places I'm choosing to do the open mics are the places where the gun violence seems like it would happen. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, like, the comedy store to me is the, the top place to where like the violence would happen that would now we have security because somebody was shot at the comedy store but it was not open mic related oh shit you know about Uh, that right no that's why they have security out front before there was no security you would only be id'd on the way in by the door person there was no like hey check even though the bar is outside of that you could still Mm -hmm. hang out there they would just kind of generally look around and if someone looked young they'd ask about id or something um but there was a show on a tuesday night I know that a uh, roast battle was happening. I remember Jay light was on stage and I forget who Jay light was going up against my apologies. And somebody, well, there was a show in the main room where somebody like staked out somebody that was in the audience and they shot him on the way out. And so they went up into the, cause like, it was like the final thing of the roast battle. And they were like, Hey guys, uh, everyone stay in this room and don't leave until further notified. And like Jeff Ross was like mad that they're like interrupting his show. And he goes, Hey, what, you know, we don't interrupt shows like that. Would somebody get shot? And they went, somebody got shot. So everyone stay in this room. Nobody leave this room. Everyone. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, no, honestly, somebody was shot. Like it was like, and they're still like mad that it ruined their show. And then I know that person died in front of the comedy store. And then uh, they, they closed for like 24 hours and then came back with security and everything they have now. But before that, we were like, oh, yes, this is for sure where that was going to happen. And I was actually surprised that it was two not comics involved. It was just a happenstance, violent thing that happened in our place of like holiness, whatever we want to call the comedy store. Um, um, for sure. And I, I do recognize that there is a weird thing with that with the open mics. Although had I been there, I might I, I might have noticed the person with a gun and called the call nine one one. I'm prone to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say you you would enough. You would have just been the first one to call when you heard the shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if I'm on their ID like this fucking guy again. Yeah, it would be like <laughs> recently called. They really, you like they just really, open that up. They really don't want to help these homeless people. They just want them to die. But I'm the only one who keeps calling. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And they're just going to, I'm surprised they're not being like, yes, well, the point Josh. was when, when, where the are person, you at, Josh? When the person who, uh, who fell and hit their head on the, on the ledge, the dispatcher asked me, um, does this person want an ambulance? And I, and like the person was seizuring, bleeding out of their head. I'm like, yes, they want a fucking ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ask this person. I'm like, I know that's why they need it. I cannot ask them. You are 100% right to answer and answer in that tone. And we know that tone's coming. (laughs) But every question we ask about this. Oh, I know. I knew. It's about liability. It has nothing to do with. I I completely understood. I wasn't mad. I was just, I would, but the funny, because I was high, I was stoned. So I started to ask her the question. And then mm-hmm. I realized that she had no consciousness and there was a pool of blood 
surrounding her. And then I was like, halfway through in the question, I was like, yeah, yes, she needs a fucking ambulance. Oh, but that's like my favorite part of when we were training was they were like, hey, be aware that we are more interested in making sure no lawsuits happen from this than you provide medical attention to anybody. America. You are not here for medical attention. America. Yeah. We're all just afraid of getting sued out of our pants. Home of the home of the lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we are. That's pretty much what our government is. Uh, is there just reactions to lawsuits? I fantasize about lawsuits. I like, 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 I don't, I, I don't know if this is like, like an anti-Semitic stereotype and like playing out in real time, but like I fantasize about suing people the way like most people probably fantasize about beating the shit out of people. Like I just have, I just have like laying down a final argument that like rises the jury to its feet about how I was wronged and I'm owed this money. Like fitness is on my list, AT and T. That's funny. I do. I romanticize it too. Apple, because I feel like I'm more likely to be able to retire off of winning a lawsuit than I am out of saving enough money for the rest of my life. The like other thing it doesn't I, seem possible. The other thing I do is um, is I have a, I have a I have a driveway, but I park on the street in an area where I hope someone drunk will run into my car at night. Uh, so that I you hope just, that's going to happen? Yeah, I just I just want the insurance money for my car. I know, so I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather some drunk person just smash into it while it's parked, and I every time I come out to go somewhere and I see my car still there in one piece. <laughs> that's funny. I actually was uh, once woken up. I was house sitting for a friend, and I was uh, sleeping at their house because I don't want to sleep at mine, and I had the option to. Mm-hmm. And I heard a car accident outside and I went outside and their car was cra- crushed. Ugh. A drunk driver went full speed into their car and totaled it. And I watched two because my first the thought dream. was the dream, the dream. I got to witness the dream. And my first thought was like, oh, no, these people are dead in this car because there was like already a guy that was like at their car. Well, that's and I just yelled want, at them. I was I like, are they dead? I want everyone like, but no. my car to be OK. Yeah, exactly. Well, the car's totaled. No one was in the car. It's fine. I want to know if they're dead. They're not. And they immediately got out and started arguing over whose fault it was. And you're like, well, one of you's the driver. <laughs> Whoever the driver is is the one that's at fault. And then the lady, when everyone got on scene, like the police, there were like two teenagers. The police or the fire department got on scene and she got mad because her friend wanted to get transported. And she's like, no, no paperwork. And you're like, there's going to be paperwork. You totaled the car. You took down a light post. You know, like there's gonna be paperwork. You did damage to the city, like a like a like Godzilla. And then when the police showed up, she ran into her totaled SUV and pulled out a bong and threw it on the ground to destroy it. And then some bottles of liquor. And the police were like, "We saw all of that. None of that's going away, just because she destroyed it." Now, please don't break glass in front of us. I um, when I moved to Los Angeles. Um, I got an interview for like a job I was super excited about. It was like to direct and edit media for like this online comedy channel. And Mm. uh, my friend who was my neighbor, who's the person who convinced me to move to LA in the first place. I was like, Hey, can I borrow your car to go to this interview? And he was like, sure. No problem, man. Um, I'm driving to the interview. The interview was like the way the conversation went on the phone with the guy 
he was like, like the interview was like pretty much a formality at this point. Like I had the mm-hmm. job, they were coming in to make sure I wasn't a weirdo. Um, I'm driving to the interview. I'm literally a block away. This guy tries to run across the street, realizes he mistimed his sprint and that I was going to run him over and just freezes like this. Oh no. There's a car next to me and there's a tree on the other side and him in front of me. And I just make a quick decision, slam on my brake, realize I'm going to hit him, swerve, the tree. run into the tree. The guy runs away. The car on the other side keeps going. I've crashed into a tree. Airbag has popped out. I am, I am like, I am like, I can't believe this just happened. I'm like, my interview is in three minutes. I get out of the car. I Mm -hmm. run to the interview. I am like in a state of shock. I don't tell them that I just was in a car accident. I act really weird. I don't get the job. I call my friend. You are the weirdo they're afraid you are. (laughs) I call my friend and I'm like, hey, man, uh, I know you're not going to believe me, but I accidentally hit a tree with your car. He's like, ha, 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 Josh, really funny. And I go, yeah, you know, this is my sense of humor. This is the kind of joke I would make to you. And I can't even tell you how much I wish that's what I was doing right now. <laughs> I'm oh, like, no. I'm like, whatever the damage is, I'll figure out a way to pay for it. I'm sorry. He's like, are you serious, man? I'm like, I am. And I'm sorry. He's like, just bring the car back. I like <laughs> bring the car. I get the car back. Uh, I dig into the It still shop. drives? It's it, it like I I oh no I had to call a thing like it but it ended up only costing me four hundred dollars. Did the car end up running ever again? Yeah, yeah. It, like like the damage in the front was minimal. Um, That's amazing. It was like like there was damage, but like the place that that like took it in uh, just didn't screw me, and they just were like, yeah. I need that auto me. mechanic to be my dentist. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, <laughs> I sounded like a teenager's voice cracking right there. I'm keeping it. I love that. Josh Edelman, guys, you can follow him at The Edelmeister. I'll spell that out. T-H-E-E-D-E-L-M-E-I-S-T-E-R on Instagram. Uh, I had a great time always talking to Josh before and after open mics, and we would just talk while waiting for things. And I honestly don't know why we're not closer friends. We get along so great, and I'm so happy to have him on, and really great to check in with him. He did tell me, for those who do check in, that he has not really been on social media much. So if you go to his Instagram, it's really not that active right now, because he's kind of like happy to let, when the world stops, Josh stops telling the world. He didn't stop. I mean, you know, you heard. He's busy. He's got projects, but bam. That's what I yeah, I still feel the need to plug him. I still want to say, hey, he's my friend. You guys should follow him. And very happy to have him on. Can't wait to have him on maybe again. Or maybe, you know, when the world changes and we're all vaccinated, psh, I'll talk to him behind your guys' backs. You know, like, that's something I miss. 
I miss talking behind your backs. I feel like every conversation I've had with my comedian friends, y'all have heard throughout all of quarantine. I can't wait to have these conversations just in between sets of us watching sets going yeesh. Like that's, ah, I miss the yeesh moments. All right, guys. Josh, happy to have him. And next week, I'm very excited to bring him. We have Ryan Airy. You might know him from Screen Crush. I watch his videos every week after WandaVision, and I watch them after Mandalorian. He goes over all the Easter eggs and everything you've missed. And so I have him on the show. Really excited. He's uh, the first person I've had on the show that's not a friend of mine. They've all been friends. He is just a guy who I'm a fan of on the internet, you know? And we started, like, tweeting back and forth at each other, and now he did the podcast. Super cool. So check him out. If you like WandaVision and you like Mandalorian and you want to know more about Easter eggs, check out Screen Crush on YouTube. Or if you like Mandalorian, check out my show, Is This The Way? Which goes over all the Mandalorian stuff. We're going to have an episode about the history of the Darksaber. Oh, other crazy fact. Um, Yeah, that's next week's episode. Excited to have him. Uh, already recorded, so it's happening. What was the next thing? It was the... Uh, it's crazy. This is the last episode in in February. It feels like I only dropped three episodes in February. I looked to make sure. No, there's four. This is the last episode of February. So uh, after this, we're into March. We're into a year of quarantine. Uh, by the way, this is also, this last week was the one-year anniversary of this podcast. So happy anniversary podcast. It's been a fun year. It's really flown by. I'm really happy I did this. We have so many episodes out. We're going to hit 100 before the end of uh, before we get to year two. So that's pretty cool, too. Never thought I'd have a, my own podcast with 100 episodes. Didn't see that coming. Guys, which, by the way, thank you for listening to almost 100 episodes of this show. I mean, we're in our 70s as, my, as far as episodes go. But thank you for listening to the show for a year. If you uh, have jumped in and out throughout the year, awesome. If you've only listened to one episode and this is it, thank you. You know, all of that's awesome. I absolutely love everything that you guys have and haven't listened to. I'm very happy to have the show. Guys, please rate, review, and subscribe to this show. You know, follow me on all my social medias, at Aaron M. Marsh. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've got to be me, I gotta be me What else can I be?